0: On any given Sunday, after church is over, people will often tell the preacher what they thought about the sermon, and I begin this podcast by telling you the comments I loved and those that drove me crazy. I then explain how, if you're over 50 years old, you probably don't really understand what a DJ is, and we look at a song and ponder, what can the artist Pink tell us about our relationship with God, all on the way to answering the question, is God a DJ? Welcome to the Sky Pilot podcast that explores questions of faith, spirituality, and religion. I'm Dan Matthews, and I don't have all the answers, but I do enjoy the questions. Welcome to the podcast where every question is an invitation into a spiritual quest, and you're invited along for the journey. When I was in active parish ministry and therefore preaching all the time, I craved and treasured those simple little comments that people made about the sermon as they were leaving church. People would walk by and say, nice sermon. It was a compliment, but it didn't give me much to go on and it didn't excite me very much. Someone would walk by and say, I wish you'd had more time to talk about this aspect of your topic. That meant they had really been listening and interested Sometimes people would go by and say, I agreed with everything you said today. And to be honest, those were the most disappointing. I would much rather have heard, I don't think I agree with you on this one, but I'll be thinking about it this week and I'll let you know later. The greatest sermons spark thought and consideration. They begin something that continues long after the sermon itself has ended. So I agree with everything you said, actually isn't a compliment to the preacher, but instead it winds up saying, I don't need to spend a moment thinking about this sermon after it was over. Now, I come across things regularly on the internet, as I've mentioned here many times, that speak of God. Some I totally agree with in every aspect, and generally they never make it into the podcast. Some are, in my opinion, absolutely wrong from beginning to end, and generally they don't make it into the podcast either. Then I run into the ones I really enjoy, the ones that spark more consideration. I read something and I say to myself, hmm, what do I think about that? And it's even better when I find part of it I don't like and part of it I do. Those are the best because they take the most work. They spark the most thought. They force me to think about, what do I believe? So I see a post by someone recently on Facebook, and it says, if God is a DJ Life is a dance floor. Love is the rhythm. You are the music. Okay, I will admit, this started out as something I was going to totally dismiss. God as a DJ didn't exactly capture my imagination. Now, when I was in high school, one of my closest friends and I started a business called DJ Sound Systems. My name is Dan. His name is Jed. So DJ was the first initials of our first names. I know it's fiendishly clever, right? Anyway, I realized. Though I was a DJ in my high school years, the term has changed dramatically in the images that it evokes for people of this particular generation. So my initial disinterest in this quote was due largely to the generation I was brought up in. In today's era, a DJ is not just simply someone taking requests and playing songs. There are many famous DJs who have reputations as phenomenal artists in their own right. Again, to put this in perspective, let me put it this way. The top 10 DJs in the world have a combined annual income of just over $350 million. They are big-time influential in the music world. So I'm reading this quote, and I get curious as to where it came from. So I Google it. It's part of the chorus from a song by Pink. So I discover, first of all, there are two songs out there by this title one by Pink, and a different one by a British group by the name of Faithless. Same name, different songs. Let me play you a clip of the one we are talking about here. The song is entitled, God is a DJ. Okay, so occasionally when I use a musical clip, someone will say to me later on, you know, I was in traffic, the words were hard to hear, I didn't get to hear exactly what the words were in that clip, so I'm going to tell you exactly what the words were that you just heard. The chorus says, if God is a DJ, life is a dance floor. Love is the rhythm, you are the music. If God is a DJ, life is a dance floor, you get what you're given, it's all how you use it. Let me start by saying that I'm going to be talking about this part of the song, the chorus, and that's all. If there's some other portion of the song that you adore or dislike, that really isn't relevant to this discussion. might be relevant to your consideration, but not to this discussion, because this isn't a song review. It is using this part of the song to talk about what this might be saying to us about God. Okay, let's start with the image of God as a DJ. Does that work for you or not? For me, initially, I think the answer was not. Mostly because, well, to be honest, I was being protective of God. I know, God really needs me as a protector, right? Look, God is the creator of everything that is. So my initial reaction to God as the DJ is that it misses encompassing God's full power and majesty. But let's sit here for a moment and wrestle with it, because eventually it began to work for me. I didn't like this image initially because I didn't like the idea that God is a DJ working in someone else's club. But let's look at it from a different perspective. This perspective is God is not a DJ. God is the DJ. The club belongs to the DJ. During the dance, the DJ is still in control. But also certain parameters have been set. And aren't really changing. The overhead lights, they're set in position. They don't change. The dance floor was long ago created and isn't going to be moving or changing its composition. If you think of God as the DJ who owns and created this club, then the whole thing can actually work. Well, it works for me anyway. The DJ is trying to influence what happens on the dance floor of life, the DJ isn't willing to dictate what is done on the dance floor, meaning force people to do exactly what the DJ wants, the DJ certainly has a vision and preferences as to what is hoped will happen on the dance floor of life. Now, moving on to the next phrase of the course, we don't really have to do much with life as a dance floor because we kind of worked our way into it as we worked our way through the idea that God is a DJ. So, moving past that, it's the next part that's really the most interesting part of the song for me. The natural assumption to make, I think, is to assume that if God is a DJ, then we are the dancers on the dance floor. But that isn't the direction this takes at all. The next words tell us that love is the rhythm. Now, as someone who used to DJ dances, a great song gets people out on the dance floor. But it's not the song that keeps people on the dance floor. Every DJ learns the hard way. You play a great song followed by another great song, but the rhythms are just too different. The rhythmic transition is too jarring, and suddenly everyone is abandoning the dance floor. Now, part of the secret to the 70s disco craze is that there were machines that helped the DJ sync the rhythm of one song to the next so that the song transition happened from one song to another. No one ever needed to stop to make a change. It was as if the dance just kept going. On the dance floor, rhythm is everything, and the DJ knows this. So the idea that life is the dance floor And that God, the DJ, has selected love as the rhythm is, in my book, genius and kind of perfect. But here's where the song takes its most interesting turn, its most interesting change, because God is the DJ. Okay, we got that. It was a bit of a stretch for us initially, but okay, we're there now. We got it. Then life is the dance floor, no problem. Kind of assumed that was true when God was proclaimed the DJ. Love is the rhythm. Okay, I expected something else, but worked through that, so again, we're on board. And we are the music. Wait, what? Okay, we are totally ready to be the dancers, but we're the music? Okay, this really isn't expected at this point. It isn't expected because Well, let's be honest. We live in a consumer world. We generally see ourselves as the consumers at the end of the assembly line, creation, distribution mechanism that exists before us, and then we choose to consume or not to consume. We choose to participate or not to participate. We choose to dance or not to dance to the song that's being played. But if we're the music, then we aren't at the end of the line waiting to decide how or if we consume We aren't really in a consumer-based metaphor at all. We're in an artistically driven one. If we are the music, then we are created to embellish, enhance, and invite others who experience us to join us in spreading and experiencing the rhythm and spreading the rhythm, which, of course, is love. If God is the DJ, then love is the artfully chosen rhythm, and we are the music that is created to have others join in on experiencing and spreading the love, God's chosen and intended rhythm for life. Okay, I like this. I'm in. This is actually pretty exciting and interesting stuff to me. I mean, I could see a several-day-long spiritual retreat in which pondering and working through these words could be the focus. Then we come to the final words of the chorus. And these, of course, begin in a familiar way. So the final two lines are, if God is a DJ, life is a dance floor. That's the first line. You get what you're given. It's all how you use it. Okay, just a moment aside. Ever hear a song that you really enjoy and there's a moment in the song in which the words are, well, just wrong. They feel wrong. They're rhythmically wrong. I remember As a kid growing up and hearing words that destroyed the rhythm, the rhyme, the meaning, and thinking, even as I was, say, 14 years old, there's a better rhythm. There's better rhyme. There's something that made more sense that was obvious. And you kind of wonder, okay, how did the songwriter not catch this? One of the songs I love to play on the guitar is Wagon Wheel. At one point, the song talks about a trucker who is heading west from Cumberland Gap to Johnson City, Tennessee. Now, anyone who grew up in Tennessee, at least in the area that I did, knows exactly where Cumberland Gap, which is, of course, a city, and is smack dab in the middle of Cumberland Gap State Park. Anybody who grew up in the area I did knows where these are, and they are due west of Johnson City. So as I understand it, if he is, as the lyrics say, headed west from Cumberland Gap to Johnson City, Tennessee, well, let's just say he's taking the absolute longest possible route by heading in the opposite direction. Now, for most of us, we sing the words along with the song. And if you don't know the geography, then you never consider them. But if you do, and you're like me, then they bother you every single time you sing them. So this song by Pink has one of those moments for me here. I think the chorus just created a powerful, interesting, and provocative way of understanding our relationship with God and God's relationship with us. So after talking about God as the DJ, love is the rhythm, we are the music, we end the chorus with, you get what you're given, it's all how you use it. Wait, what? So here's what I think happened. The writers of this song painted themselves into a rhyming corner. I've written a number of songs myself and I've done this myself. They needed, in this case, a rhyme for the word music, which is easier than rhyming with orange, but not by much. I mean, I guess they could use Buick or Too Sick or Refusenik. But you see the problem. So they found Use It as their rhyme and, as you sometimes do, they worked backwards from their rhyme, creating words that got them there. And they wound up with words that worked rhythmically and met the rhyming need. But for me, just kind of fell off a cliff in terms of meaning. So as I said, the first part of the chorus is really a metaphor framed in the realm of art. In this case, music and dance. The end, you get what you're given, it's all how you use it, abandons the art metaphor altogether. And is more about looking at life like the dealing of cards and you have to play the ones you are dealt. So make the best of them. Which is fine, because the song doesn't really try to hold together this image for the entire song. And so I'm just going to leave those last two phrases out of our final discussion. But the first part of that chorus, I really, really like. If God is a DJ, life is a dance floor, love is the rhythm, you are the music. Now, there's something in that to be inspired by and to strive for. God is the DJ. And love, that's the important part, love is the rhythm. Now, go be the music that is inspired by that love. That's all for today. If you have a question for me or a response to this podcast, a comment that you can Send me and tell me you agreed with absolutely every single word I said, then send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. My email address is dan at skypilot.zone. And on your spiritual journey, may you ask questions, seek answers, and boldly go wherever the quest takes you. Thanks for listening to Skypilot Faith Quest. I invite you to send me a question or leave a review. And remember, The sign of a strong faith, solid religion, or healthy spiritual journey is not certainty, but that you keep asking questions.